1: Back in my times, there was a concentrated effort by Republicans in Virginia to push early voting so that we can gain an advantage on election day. Early voting became controversial because Donald Trump didn't like it because of his false claims of election fraud.
0: On this episode of Pod Virginia... Automatic absenteeism.
1: Republicans in Virginia pushed for early voting prior to the Trump era, and they probably will again.
0: The great resignation. People switch to better jobs that fit their lives better. And we head over to the water cooler. You are listening to Pod Virginia. Stick around. As many as favor that motion will say aye. aye. Those opposed, no. The motion is agreed to. Support for Pod Virginia
2: comes from the Virginia Poverty Law Center the League of Conservation Voters Education Fund, Dominion Energy, and Patreons who are listeners like you.
0: I'm Michael Pope. I'm Tom Bowman. And this is Pod Virginia, a podcast that's ready for 2023. Thomas, are you ready to say goodbye to 22 and hello to 2023?
2: Uh, you know, mentally sort of, but as far as like getting like taxes together and all that, what that means at the end of the year, the answer is no. So speak for yourself.
0: <laughs> well, looking ahead to 23, uh, that's going to be a hell of a year for Virginia politics. All 100 seats in the house will be on the ballot and all 40 seats in the state Senate. And so if you're into Virginia politics, 23 is going to be a heck of a year to follow. Okay, let's get to the news. Automatic and asymmetric. Some, but not all, Virginia voters get an absentee ballot in the mail every election. Not an application for an absentee ballot, but an actual ballot in the mail for every election, thanks to a new law in Virginia. Now, that has completely changed the dynamic in special elections, where one of the biggest hurdles to overcome is making sure people know that the election is happening in the first place. Friend of the podcast, David Ramadan, says this is a trend that's clearly harming Republicans.
1: Back in my times, there was a concentrated effort by Republicans in Virginia to push early voting so that we can gain an advantage on Election Day. And there was paid party efforts by caucuses in the House and the Senate and the General Assembly to push early voting. And it was not considered controversial. Early voting became controversial during the Trump era because Donald Trump didn't like it because of his false claims of election fraud. Thus, Republicans moved into this mode of early voting that is going to end up costing him now.
0: Yeah, Ramadan is hitting it here. Uh, Republicans are paying the price for this reticence to embrace early voting. And, you know, this thing about automatic absenteeism, it's a little nuanced, but it's worth thinking about because some but not all voters are are going to receive the actual ballot in the mail. Thomas, I know you signed up for this, right? What's What's been your experience getting that absentee ballot in the mail automatically every election cycle?
2: Well, it's great. It saves me time. It saves me mental energy. Um, I don't know about you, but I've got a million other things to think about, so if you can just have me check my mail and and there's the ballot ready to fill out and sign and send it back. That's great. That reduces barriers to voting. Um, And I love it. I'm a a big fan. So these kinds of absentee voting policies like Virginia has, they're intended to increase voter participation and accessibility, making it easier for people like me uh, to cast ballots. And these policies, though, have different impacts on different political parties, depending on specific details. Um, of the demographics, of the voting population. It definitely helps people gain access. uh, Certainly people who might need to take a bus to get to their voting center uh, and half their day is gone because of that. Or uh, people uh, often, Ramadan was thinking about the impact on the elderly. Uh, The Republican Party in his day pushed this as a way to increase uh, the voter participation from the elderly. The Democrats also did it to push participation Um, from uh, low resource communities. So it's important to recognize these policies are not implemented, Michael, with the intention of benefiting any particular party, but rather to make it easier to exercise your right to vote. So it's up to you, of course, how to cast your ballot. Um, And it's the responsibility of the parties to adapt and make their case to voters rather than trying to manipulate the voting process for their own advantage.
0: You know, you say that's not the intention to benefit one party or the other. And that's totally true. And uh, that's why they passed the law. But in practice, it's actually having a disproportionate effect here, helping Democrats only not because of anything the Democrats have done, but because of something the Republicans have done, which is to consistently trash talk early voting. And so now every election cycle, all these Democrats receive ballots in the mail Automatically, without even having to ask for them, um, and where this is really important is the special election, where like in Virginia Beach is a really good example of this. You know a lot of people in Virginia Beach they don't know I mean these are people that don't follow this stuff they they possibly might not even be Pod Virginia listeners. I don't know how that's possible, but maybe they don't listen to our podcast and don't know that the special election is happening. Then they get this ballot in the mail. It's like, oh hey, there's a special election for state Senate. I'm going to vote. That disproportionately, operationally, is, is helping Democrats right now. Well, yeah, Michael, but I would say
2: that's an artifact of playing a stupid game and winning a stupid prize on the Republican Party's side.
0: <laughs> playing a stupid game and winning a stupid prize. Well, that's, that's 2022 in, in a nutshell. All right. Take this job and shove it. That's apparently what many people are saying, or at least thinking, according to new numbers from the Bureau of Labor Statistics. They show that 120,000 people in Virginia quit their jobs in October. Now, that's a one-month increase of 14,000 people saying sayonara to their workplace. This is the second largest increase in the country, second only to Florida. Michael Farron at George Mason University's Mercatus Center says, more than anything, this is a sign of strength in Virginia's economy. It indicates when people quit their jobs that they're willing to, you know, embrace some economic uncertainty and shift to something generally better. And we have to compare the quits rate with the hires rate. So the quits rate was 2.9%, but the hires rate, was 3.9 percent. So in other words, 3.9 percent of workers in Virginia were working in new jobs in October. And so this is just kind of part of the overall churn that happens month in and month out in a healthy economy. People switch to better jobs that fit their lives better. Yeah, there's been so much talk about the Great Resignation. And as it turns out, Virginia is on the vanguard of the second only to Florida, where people in Virginia are just quitting their jobs at huge numbers, yeah,
2: um a report came out recently showing that um, the number one reason people are quitting their jobs is because they're looking for more flexibility, and so that's what they're seeking, of course, when they a- accept new jobs. They want flexibility in their work schedules and their work life balance, like when can you go to the office? they want to be able to do a four day work week or a, a loose uh, Friday, the you know the the little pleasant things about life, getting out early on Friday. Um, that's what they're looking for. In addition to benefits and security, um, like healthcare, dental, vision, those things. So between that and the way that many uh, frontline workers were treated and teachers have been treated recently throughout the pandemic, there's no incentive to take a a crappy minimum wage job that's not going to give you any benefits and also expose you to some of these nasty diseases going around right now. So it's going to be harder and harder to compete for these guys. And you're going to start seeing a lot more churn rate. Um, The millennials, uh, I don't know if this is still the case, but back when I was in my 20s, there were a lot of think pieces about how the millennials were spending like two years here and then two years somewhere else and then two years at another gig. And the reason for that is because it was easier to get a um, 20, 30, 40% salary increase by jumping ship after a couple of years and moving to the next thing than it was just, you know, the way that a lot of the boomers did it, which was keeping your head down and having a whole lifetime career at one corporation or something like that. Um, styles are changing. And by the way, Gen Z Z's on our heels and they're all like, when you ask a kid, what do you want to be when you grow up? They all say influencers, YouTube stars, TikTok stars. That's um, part of the gig economy. and so. Those, by the way, will not be reflected in quits and higher numbers in the future because people will be effectively self employed. It's going to be, and we'll have a creator economy.
0: Yeah. I, I think these numbers are also telling us something else about the great resignation that is interesting, which is I think a lot of people hear the great resignation and they think of people leaving the workplace and not getting another job, just like you know leaving the workforce there's that meme uh, you may have seen where it's like i need a car to get to my job and i need a job to afford the car so like if you don't have a car you don't need the job so um i think a lot of people when they hear great resignation they that's what they assume that people are just leaving the workforce but then these numbers are actually telling us something different which is these people are leaving their jobs but they're also getting hired somewhere else yeah it's
2: good that there are still businesses that are able to compete for them and uh, or I was on TikTok, um, much to the jealousy of some of my um, government employee friends, and <laughs> and I saw somebody who left this amazing um, two hundred thousand dollar job um, in high pressure uh, digital media to go work at Target of all places and go uh, do that because it just wasn't worth the the grind to her. To this person, she wanted a little bit more flexibility over her schedule. She wanted to. Um, enjoy her life, have her own time. Remember that work-life balance thing I just mentioned? So um, it's not always about the money and Gen Z, Millennials, and um, increasingly Gen X too are starting to realize that.
0: Mm. All right. Well, before we wrap up, let's head over to the water cooler. <laughs> Thomas, what's the latest you're hearing around the water cooler?
2: I saw this great story in the Virginia Mercury that the joint subcommittee on campaign finance reform in Virginia's general assembly is failing to complete its task for now the second year in a row so there were no meetings scheduled uh, in 2022 and uh, no report expected and the subcommittee which was created to review proposals to limit donations to Virginia politicians and to make it illegal to spend campaign money on you know personal expenses they faced logistical challenges lack of consensus on key issues which is not entirely surprising but Um, campaign finance reform advocate Nancy Morgan criticized the subcommittee's inactivity, calling it, quote, another lost opportunity. And she suggested, Michael, that incumbents in the General Assembly have no interest in changing the current system, which benefits them individually, Um, which could be fighting words to (laughs) the people listening.
0: Yeah, well, I know one person who routinely listens to all of our programs is Delegate Marcus Simon, and he's kind of the lone voice out there who wants to see some change in this. Most members of the General Assembly like this system and don't have any incentive to want to change it. That's Democrats and Republicans. And so, yeah, like it makes you wonder, like, why have a committee if it's never going to meet?
2: Yeah. And on campaign finance reform, it's really important to note that there's a lot of great ideas that sound wonderful. But then when you actually get Um, drill into the details and also conform it to the Supreme Court's rulings, there's not a clean way to do a lot of things. You might want to pull something simple like do it the way the feds do it or do it the way this other state does it. And for one reason or another, uh, individual state quirk just doesn't work. Um, I'm personally a big fan of publicly funded elections. But then when you get into the discrepancies of um, media markets, that's where that always gets screwed up, especially in Virginia. Um, where we would have a lot of trouble doing that. For example, it's going to cost a quarter million dollars or more to get onto cable in Northern Virginia and a lot less to get onto cable in other parts of Virginia. So, you know, just having an equitable budget um, that lets everybody have the opportunity to accomplish the same thing just um, really makes your head spin when you think about the dollars that would be required to do it.
0: Yeah, but, you know, Virginia doesn't have to reinvent the wheel. I mean, I'm sure there are other states that have figured out a way to at least put limits or guardrails on some of this money that's sloshing around the system.
2: Uh, Yes, there are. And those are, um, it's important to explore and keep our minds open about what could or could not work specific to Virginia. One thing, though, that I find really interesting is in many of those states, what happens is you just spin off a bunch of different like fake committees. So if somebody wants to give you $10,000, but there's a $1,000 contribution limit, well, guess what? You get 10 different packs that all accomplish the same goal. And um, really the money is still in that system, Michael. Hmm.
0: Well, um, let me tell you what I'm hearing around my water cooler is there is a bill that's going to be considered in the upcoming General Assembly session introduced by Delegate Tim Anderson. He's the Republican from Virginia Beach, and it involves household dogs and cats. So the bill says that local governments should no longer have the ability to issue licenses for dogs and cats and takes away the ability of local governments to issue fines and fees for not getting the licenses. So I, I talked to Delegate Anderson about them, this bill, and he considers this a nuisance tax. He says local governments, you know, most lots of people don't even know that they're supposed to get a license for their dog and their cat, and so they might not have one. And so, you know, if, the, if your local government hits you up with a fine and fee for a, a license you didn't know you were supposed to have, it's a nuisance, Right. Um, he also made an interesting point, which is if you look at the Virginia law, it actually gives the local government the ability to euthanize the pet if it doesn't have the license. So that's a strong argument in favor of getting rid of this thing. Um, but then I I called a friend of the podcast, Jordan Miles, who's chairman of the Buckingham County Board of Supervisors, and he says, look, these things actually play a really important role because the the licensing structure makes sure that all these household pets have all the vaccinations that that are required and, you know, to keep everybody healthy and safe. Um, and then also there's a money component to this, too, because this, this money is often earmarked specifically for animals. So like in Buckingham County, they're building an animal control center with the revenue they get from the pet license fees. So um, this is a debate that's going to happen in the General Assembly in 2023. And, Thomas, here's the fun part. <laughs> or being in the building of the General Assembly, anytime there's a bill about animals, this really happens on the House side more than the Senate, they make animal noises. Thomas, have you ever been in the chamber when they're debating a bill about dogs? I mean, they bark. Those members will bark during the session. (laughs) Woof. (laughs) Yeah, they're a hoot to watch sometimes, but also
2: incredibly frustrating. Um, And that's one of the fun, you know, little things of when everyone's cooped up and, Um, You don't have that many ways to have fun. You get these really weird um, running gags and jokes that start emerging and um, making animal noises during animal bills is one of them.
0: Um, Yeah, it's the General Assembly's really going to the dogs.
2: (laughs) Such a horse and pony show.
0: Oh, ow. Okay. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, Michael, before we go, I was
2: thinking we might do the trivia thing, but give it a spin. Um, And so... Is that something that you might be interested in doing, Michael? You want to do a little spin? So I don't want to answer the trivia question right now. I want to put it out there and see if anybody will hit us up on Twitter at pod underscore Virginia.
0: That sounds good. Yeah. I didn't know this was coming. This is actually not in the script. So hit me up. Yeah, let's hear it. Okay.
2: Pod Virginia did tweet this out earlier this week. So maybe I'll leave that up. Maybe I'll suggest to somebody that they go ahead and delete it and see. uh, So there's no cheating. But Virginia is known as the Old Dominion State. That nickname refers to the Virginia Colony being the Dominion of who? All right. So if you think you know, hit us up at pod underscore Virginia on Twitter.
0: And one more thing before we go. Happy birthday. So we've got three birthdays this week. Tuesday is the birthday of Jason Bollard. Wednesday is the birthday of Senator Lionel Sproul. And... Jennifer McClellan, uh perhaps soon to be the next member of Congress from Virginia. So happy birthday, Jason Bollard, Lionel sproul and Jennifer McClellan. All right, let's leave it there. Thanks for listening. Pod Virginia is a production of Jackleg Media. Our producer is Arian Belou, and our advertising sales manager is David O'Connell. Find us on Facebook or Twitter. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. And
2: hey, Write a review on Apple Podcast. It really helps people
0: find the show. Make sure to smash the subscribe button so you don't miss the next episode of Pod Virginia.
1: This podcast is so Jack legged
0: With the Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.